Welcome back to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Ting! (laughs) I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. John. I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action adventure. Normally we take turns selecting movies from our genres that we think are unappreciated, but we're doing a theme. Halloween theme-ish. Well, scary movie. But you can I mean, do a Halloween thing. It's still a drama. It's, yeah. yeah, it's still. <laughs> it's still Halloween. It's just a, a horror drama. Could you and stop? A, you might always do. And she knocked my trash over again. Again. When you became Miss Canadian me. again. Well, I'm always little. What's that, a boot? <laughs> oh, oh. Uh oh. It's a glitter. Did it come off my oh. nails or did it come out of the bag? It probably oh. came out of the bag. <laughs> I, I shared some of my oh. glitters with Elaine because it's oh. way too many. <laughs> Alright, so today, Tim Hortons? Yes. Or maybe some Tim Bits? I have a Tim Hortons in my hand right now because I'm drinking a oh. coffee. Oh. oh. Today Sorry. we're doing 2012's Dark Shadows. <clears throat> yeah. So. Three writers are credited, including the creator and writer for the original show, which ran from 1966 to 1971. It had 1,225 episodes. That's and a lot. That was it was a soap opera. Mm-hmm. It was a, a horror themed or horror motif that apparently a lot of teenagers ran home from school to watch the show. What year did this come out? Uh, the 66? 66, the show. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. What did you see? A thing that said it had like 9 million viewers or something? <coughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but back then there wasn't a whole lot of other options. I know, but it's still a lot. Like, <laughs> well, I didn't realize like, it, it was, was either a soap this opera. or. <laughs> that makes some sense. Well, they, um... It was either this or reruns of Bounty Law. <laughs> well, they... I don't know. I watched soap operas as a teenager. They're very intriguing. Oh, yeah. They just suck you right in. I mean, they... this had over a thousand episodes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they come on every Duel. day. Yeah. Audra watched Duel. I watched General Hospital. We watched all my children. My mm-hmm. mom watched all my children in General Hospital. I watched Nano Two One Zero and One Life which to was Live. Which a soap opera because those were night. all in a row. Oh, yeah, on the same. <laughs> yep. cha- on the same but that's channel. what I watched. We did not it wasn't switch much of to a different channel. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my grandma was hardcore Young and the Restless. <laughs> or but Guiding Light. I can't Ooh, wait. It might have been Guiding Light. Soap opera. That's gonna be. That's <laughs> but like apparently my goal. during this five year period, a lot of people were Dark Shadows fans. That makes sense. Well, they said it was. Um, it wasn't, they did 15 episodes or whatever, and it was okay, and it started to die off, and then the guy was like, you know what, we're going to go off the air, I always wanted to do a vampire movie, screw it, I'm going to put a vampire on the show, and then everybody got fucking, went crazy, and just started getting more popular and more popular. Yeah, the Barnaby character didn't come in until season two, according yeah. to the trivia. Mm-hmm. So. Barnabas. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so that was Dan Curtis. Uh, Seth, Gra- Seth Graham Smith... <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. Also wrote Lego Batman and Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Oh. Okay. <laughs> he actually wrote the book. That, wow. <laughs> that, that old ditty. <laughs> um, John August, also credited as a writer. Welcome back to the podcast from Charlie's Angels. Interesting. This movie is directed by Tim Burton. Welcome back to the podcast from Sweeney Todd, Sleepy Hollow, and Edward Scissorhands. Mm-hmm. Also starring Johnny Depp. Welcome back to the podcast from, from Sweeney Todd, Sleepy Hollow, and Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> you might also know him from Twenty One Jump Street. <laughs> Speaking of teen um, soap operas, Helena Bonham Carter. Welcome back to the podcast from Fight Club and Sweeney Todd. 
Because mm-hmm. she was not in Edward Scissorhands. Now, I think I read yeah. in the trivia that this is the last Tim Burton movie she did before they broke up. Yeah. <laughs> Which really hurt her career. Did it? Oh, I mean, she's in those Harry Potter movies. That's true. <laughs> she wasn't all those Harry Potter movies. She probably... She she I think she's doing just fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm sure she doesn't need the money. Like yeah. I'm sure she. I makes think she did incredibly well with yeah. the Bellatrix Lestrange role, personally. Yeah. But I'm sure she doesn't have to work. Like, oh, she's not anything right now because she's got a pile of money. She's just yeah. hanging out. And she very well may be. There's a million shows that we've never heard of that right. could she be may, very successful. Yeah. <laughs> she might be doing like a small soap opera or like a stage play or mm-hmm. something in London just because she wants to. Yeah. I mean, she's a good actress. She has really I mean, a good name. <laughs> she was in Ocean's 8. That's not really anything to talk about. But, no, and she was in the Alice in Wonderlands. Mm-hmm. They're doing an Ocean's prequel. I'm like, why? Because they can't do any more Ocean's 11s. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, let's do a prequel. Somebody was in the Cinderella it. movie. That did really good. Mm-hmm. Well, also, welcome back to the podcast, Michelle Pfeiffer from Stardust. Mm-hmm. And uh, Grease 2. I still have not seen Batman Returns. We, still have it but, but we didn't do that movie. Nor did we do Batman Returns. She's great in sequels. Um, Eva Green, not a welcome back to the podcast, but she was in Casino Royale and Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackie Earl Haley. I think she, is she credited in all the James Bond movies because they always mention her <laughs> character and there's always a flashback of her. Should be. So you think she gets a residual every time that they, because they'll have a screenshot of her dying or whatever. Yeah. Jackie Earl Haley was in Semi-Pro as Dukes. Uh, Johnny Lee no, Miller. Man. Yeah, he was. Yeah, man. <laughs> you, should get, you should find a really big bank. He's in Watchmen and the Nightmare on Elm Street reaping. Mm-hmm. Also. Johnny Lee Miller, welcome back to the podcast from Hackers. Yep. Did we, and Mindhunters. I was going to say, did you do Mindhunters? Oh, yeah. yeah, we did yeah. Mindhunters. I missed that one. This is a criminal underutilization of Johnny Lee Miller. <laughs> he really like, was you not... see him in it, I thought he was going to... First he really he just like did a not get to do... He, well, he was just there. Yeah. There's, some, there's some... We'll get to it, but there's some characters in this movie I'm like... Just, what are we doing with these characters? They just didn't give think, him anything to I do. I think they felt like they had to have these right, characters right, right, right. because they were in the show, but yeah. the story didn't have anything to do yeah, with them. Yeah. In so. the show, they had more things to do because yeah. they had Because they have thousands it was a soap of episodes. opera, and they had to do... <laughs> Yeah. You know, they had to keep but it I fresh, so they needed a bunch of characters. Would have been, people who watched it because of the show would have been pissed if his they character wasn't yeah. there or something. Yeah. Um, Bella Heathcote... Welcome back to the podcast from Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Whoa. Gulliver McGrath, uh, the boy David. Welcome back to the podcast from The Voices. He played young Ryan Reynolds' character (laughs) in The Voices. Wow. Hey, we should kill him. And Fucking put your plate, your head on a plate, you motherfucker. (laughs) Christopher Lee, welcome back to the podcast from Sleepy Hollow and Gremlin's Tooth. Why are you kicking the dog? I'm just touching her foot. That was an accident. If it happened. Don't kick the dog. This movie had a budget of $150 million and a worldwide gross of $245.5 million. It has a 55 meta score, a 35 tomato meter, and a 46 audience score. Mm-hmm. Well, I have some reviews. <laughs> Two? Two, exactly. Wow, interesting. Although, this one could be either one. The, the screenshot has two on it. <laughs> McEwen 36887-7549. Oh, that old guy. Mm-hmm. Says. Why are there? How many of those are there? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, ten out of ten. A must see. 
This movie is one of my all-time favorites. It had quite a few similarities to the show, but they brought it up to date and made it from an excellent TV show to a must-see amazing movie. Johnny Depp was perfect for Barnabas and portrayed him in every way. I would recommend this to all my friends as a must-see. And then, on the other hand... Counterpoint. (laughs) J.M. Lawton. Mm -hmm. One out of ten. Dismal stuff. Mm -hmm. I usually like the Burton Depp combination. Sometimes a lot, sometimes not so much. But this, I'm afraid, is very poor stuff indeed. I have no idea what Burton was aiming for, but the general ambiance of the low-grade afternoon TV film aimed at the early teen market. The female characters were straight out of Bewitched, and many of the special effects were a mishmash of Beetlejuice and Death Becomes Her, coated in the usual Burton eyeshadow. Not intrinsically a bad thing, but now starting to look like last year's colorway. There is no character or plot development. The film is neither scary nor humorous. Would uncritical 12-year-olds like it? I don't know, but it's not for critical adults, that's for sure. Spend your money on something else. I would say it's very restrained from Burton, though. Because there's no, like, weird monster trees, the fireplaces that slanted in weird angles. Like, everything was pretty normal in it, you know. The only Burton-esque stuff is the music and that Johnny Depp's in it. Maybe that's why his daytime look when he goes out is Burton-esque. The umbrella and the Uh, (laughs) Yeah, but maybe that's why... things... And Jack Skellington is in the pumpkin patch. Yeah, but if you compare it, if you compare it to like Beetlejuice or Batman, oh yeah, it's or like his Willy Wonka, yeah, any of Mm -hmm. this crazy stuff where he just gets to go crazy and And do whatever he wants. Yeah, feels like like he really was trying to make it look like the show, so he didn't. Yeah, Tim Burton all over. Which perhaps that's why people didn't enjoy it (laughs) because they would have preferred if he had gone farther. So would you watch this show or Bandy Law? I have to say... I've watched this show. <laughs> the original? I've watched some of it. I haven't watched all 2,700 no. episodes. I've watched some it, of it. I would, I would kind of think that a supernatural, a supernatural soap opera would go further. Mm-hmm. So like, that was I would have expected LeBron. more and not something so restrained. I think the more ridiculous, it would have been more interesting. So what if it happened? I would have like liked like more of, like, David with his spectral mom. I guess they just didn't... But you they, probably get... They fit, a, yeah. they fit a niche and... and you don't even do find it. out about the daughter's particular affliction until the final the battle. Yeah. Like, what could we have gotten hints about that further there, on? Well, I will or tell you. Was it just because I didn't do my notes? There are some hints in her mannerisms yeah. and noise, like grunts that she makes, where it sounds kind of like, yeah. "That's not a noise that would have come out of you." If you know and you go back, then you mm. see it. But if you don't know, then. Well, I don't you just think she's kind of weird. <laughs> I saw this. What year did this well, come let's out? Let's see if I like it. I watched this before we recorded last episode. I'm sure I, I watched this one other time previously, like shortly after it came to DVD or streaming or whatever. So probably in 2013 or 14, something like that. And I did not enjoy it. And like I barely remembered it for this. So like I didn't remember that she had that affliction. And mm-hmm. I was like, that felt like it came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, what'd you think going in? You didn't like it. <laughs> I don't remember liking it. So, but sometimes, but my opinion has often changed over time. And some things I remember not liking, I watch again, and I'm like, I don't know why I thought I didn't like this because it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So it could go either way. And John told us already that he didn't like this. <laughs> go back and listen to last Did you week's episode. It? No, no, I, don't think so. <laughs> I had just watched it that day that we recorded that episode. But no, I'm not watching that again. And it's not the same day, but it hasn't been that long. Yeah. What no, about you, Tony Tones? 
I was like, I'll watch this again. I, I watch it probably every couple of years, just because Depp is, I think Depp's really cool in this. There are so many quality Johnny Depp movies. Yeah. I, I, I was telling her this is, what is it, Stacy Jacks or whatever from mm-hmm. the other movie? That's yeah. what Depp is Well, in you this said movie. that last time. Yeah. Like, if, I, if he wasn't in this movie, I wouldn't watch this movie. I'd be watching it like, this is really boring. But his character, his character, as soon as it shows up till, like, till he gets starts wrapped up in the family stuff, I, I get, I rewatch that on YouTube. Well, you know what I mean? It's just fucking mm-hmm. awesome. Because it's almost Halloween. You got to start hitting heavy hitter Halloween movies, mm-hmm. like Sweeney Todd. <laughs> you can watch that Tuesday while I'm at work. Do you want to rewatch it? Mm-hmm. Which one? The, the original? One. No, the. The mini series, the, the new one, one. It's the chapter new one? one, the first part. Technically, the first one with Tim Curry is a TV miniseries, not actually a movie. So if he says the it movie, he means the newer one. If he meant the one with Tim Curry, he would say the miniseries. Mm. All right, well, I guess you got me there. I do. Mm. I have got you. <laughs> she got you where she wants you. I got you back in two thousand and one, and I intend to keep you until the day you die. <laughs> If I die first, you're going to die right after that because what's, who's going to do everything for you? No one. I will waste away into nothing. Like, in, in uh, margarita by the time like the kids her phone come, never gets charged no one got her a charge. By the time the kids come into town to for your funeral, I will already be dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Well, I had never seen this movie until, um, actually, very recently. I had seen parts when Tony watched it, but I never watched it all the way through. <laughs> And I really struggled to f- pick a movie. And I think I watched, was it The Frighteners? Yeah. I was trying to find a movie with that similar vibe. The Frighteners it was... is, it's a movie everyone likes, but then when you rewatch it, you're like, this movie's not good. Like, you really <laughs> want to like it because it's got a lot of cool shit in it. And I, and, I'm, and I thought about doing Frighteners a bunch of times, and then I rewatched it, and I was like, this is not good. It's kind of boring. And... So, anyways, after my screenings, this was the one I enjoyed the most, so I picked it. <laughs> well, you could put this movie right in the prison wallet with Dang. Kurt Russell. Wow. Oh, okay. He's, he's, uh, he's trying to get bingo. Bingo on under the issue, maybe. Okay. So, the movie Remember, opens. we don't edit. In Liverpool, 1760. <laughs> it is said that blood is thicker than water. And they just keep talking. We see Barnabas as a boy boarding a ship to the New World with his family. He's being watched by a young girl named Angelique, whose mother tells her not to stare at him and remember her place. She's a servant, and he is the son and heir of the wealthy family. But they came on the same ship from England, so obviously they worked for that family. He yeah. knew They knew who, the, who yeah. they were. It's weird the way the mother says it, though. And you're probably um, going to let kids play together on a ship that's going to be sailing for like six months. <laughs> I only take the Unless you want to take care of kids, you know, <laughs> like, on a ship. Like, go fucking play with the kid. I don't care what her station is. <laughs> I Especially just, since he just leave seems me alone to be an for only child. So. And he's not a... At no point do I get the idea that the Collins... Collins. Collins, sorry. The Collins. I wanted to say Collinsworth, but that's not correct. <laughs> um, the Collins were very stuck up or snooty. Yeah, like I don't seem like it. I don't get that impression from his parents or anything. They obviously were very wealthy and living a very wealthy lifestyle, but I never got the impression that they thought themselves better than anybody else. Like that kind of stuff seemed to come from her mother, not from <laughs> the employers. But we don't really get a lot of that. No. 
The Collins family is going to the New World to expand their empire and bring industry to Maine. Build their fishing business like they've never seen it's it always before. Maine. The town is named Collinsport after the family. His dad regularly reminds him that family is the real wealth. They spend 15 years building their beloved home. Mm-hmm. And by then, he, Barnabas is a young man who has had an intimate relationship with Angelique for a while. <laughs> she still works for the family, but she loves him and wants him to love her. But he's like, I don't. <laughs> he's like, I really love to hit it, but that's about I it. I like you very much, <laughs> but you're not going to be my wife and I don't love you. Mm-hmm. She is angry. <laughs> she casts a spell to bring the family down. Yeah, he fucked with the wrong witch, literally. Yeah. We watch as a seahorse gargoyle on the house falls onto his parents and kills them while they're walking the dog. And then the song Crazy Bitch plays. <laughs> Nobody should have. Barnabas cherry for you. is Go convinced cherry. his parents' death was not an accident and he becomes obsessed with dark magic. But while this happens, he also falls in love with Josette and pledges to be with her forever. Angelique sees this and casts another spell. All he loves will die. Excuse me. In a trance, Josette walks to Widow's Hill. He runs to catch up to her. When he gets there, it's just in time for him to turn to him and say, Help me before falling backward off of the cliff. He watches her fall and tries to die with her. At the bottom... Josette is dead on the rocks, but he is not. He gets up, looks up, and sees Angelique at the top. And she has cursed him by turning him into a vampire, so his suffering will never end. Since she knows he will not love her, she convinces the townspeople that he's a monster, and they chain him into a coffin and bury him alive. That'll learn you. Crazy bitch. (laughs) Crazy bitch. Here's my first question. Okay. Hi. So... He, it's just him and his parents. That's the only ones we see. Did he have no brothers and sisters? <laughs> because obviously this family line carries on and his family still lives in this house. Yes. Could I true. have seen a, a, a little brother a, or like a sister or something? Well, there were still Collins on back on yes, Jolly Old England. But I feel like... If the family dies here, they still have Collinsville or Collinsport, whatever it's called. I feel like we needed. I feel like we needed a brother or a sister or something. Yeah, because it just (laughs) it seems like it would have the line would have ended with him. Yeah, and that would have been it. No, it's a different movie. I know that that is Georgina, (laughs) but I'm not allowed to use the voice anymore because you get mad. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we cut to 1972. Nor can you wear a hat, a top hat, by the way, because of the grabber. Okay. Or do close-up magic in a black van with balloons. <laughs> Very specific, but don't let it happen. <laughs> She's also not allowed to follow her really slowly naked as she walks around <laughs> the town. That, that's also <laughs> verboten. But that's for a different reason. <laughs> Just good general rules to live by. <laughs> don't ever walk really slow behind someone butt booty naked. It is weird. <laughs> That really would creep me out if you did that around the house. (laughs) Oh, man. I don't need you getting ideas. (laughs) (laughs) A woman who looks just like Josette is on a train. It's amazing. And it's the opening credits. 
She has an ad. It's amazing. Yep, he's got the mug. <laughs> Audrey, he's using the mug. She has an ad for a governess in Maine, and she is figuring out what name to give them when she goes to the house. She decides on Victoria Winters after seeing a poster. And she hitchhikes to Collinsport. She tells the hippies to drive her there, and an old friend is bringing her there. And even they even take her all the way to the house. She walks up the long drive and is invited inside by Willie, the caretaker. And she's like, damn, this house is great. And he's like, this house sucks. <laughs> Should have a staff of 12. There's two. Mm-hmm. And one of us doesn't count. I'm an old lady. Yeah. I think she's a staff of 100. I don't know. Either way, there's still only two. And it is not enough. A um, staff of 100 would be too many. It's a big At ass least house. 20. At least. Yeah. <laughs> you got a gardener, a whole team of gardeners. That's a big ass so he's like, it's so hard to try to take care of this house. They talk about a painting of Barnabas and are interrupted by Elizabeth, who takes Victoria into the library and tells her about the house and family. They would have never changed the painting. I know. The house has some 200 rooms, which most of which are closed off, and seven people live there. Elizabeth and her daughter Carolyn, Elizabeth's brother Roger and his son David, Willie the man who opened the door, the the elderly maid, and Dr. Hoffman, an alcoholic psychiatrist that is there to help David deal with the death of his mother. He he thinks that he still talks to to her. So they have this live-in psychiatrist. Wow. (laughs) A live-in psychiatrist. Yeah. (laughs) She's been with them for the last three years. So the going rate of a psychiatrist, it's not even really good. It's like, what, like 100 bucks an hour? <laughs> and this, yeah, they can't afford her. <laughs> and they, she lives there? If she gets room and board and does not have any bills, like yeah. that might be the whole thing. Yeah. Let's be real. She doesn't seem like a great person in the <laughs> And she never talks to him like the whole time she's there. <laughs> and I don't know because I haven't watched the original show. Is the family poor in the show? Because they do have a Dr. Hoffman living with them in the show. And apparently it was like the the writer's it's, wife or a director's wife or something. And then Tim Burton's partner played her in the movie. Yeah. I think it's more of before this movie, the, the show. Like they're all doing stuff together and stuff. This is kind of like afterwards. Oh, okay. So, uh, Carolyn, the daughter, when Victoria meets her, she's kind of creepy. Talks about how she plans to move to New York City when she's 16. And Elizabeth's like, she thinks I'm going to let her. And Victoria, or Carolyn's like, she thinks that I won't run away. <laughs> she wishes Victoria well with the loony. None of the other governesses, governesses lasted a week. You know this movie needed? Image and Poots. <laughs> no. <laughs> no? No. I think she could have played the Carolyn character, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> well... You know how much we woots for the poots. Mm-hmm. At dinner, she meets Roger and Dr. Hoffman, who's like, you have secrets, I can tell. David appears with a sheet over his head. Elizabeth introduces him to Victoria, and he is pissed because he wanted to scare the new governess. Victoria's like, you did scare me. Victoria learns that the family business is in seafood. They used to have a cannery in town, but now only have a few fishing boats. Carolyn mentions that David's mother is in the bottom of one of them, and we learn that David doesn't think she's gone. Dr. Hoffman explains 
He thinks his mother has some sort of cyclical immortality. And he says he can feel her and that she talks to him. Victoria tells David that she believes ghosts are people who have moved into a slightly different dimension. And some people just have the right antenna to pick them up. And Elizabeth's like, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, later, as Victoria unpacks her things, she sees David with a sheet over his head again and tells him he frightened her. It turns out it's not David, but Josette's ghost, here to tell her that he is coming. And this is a ghost that we have seen near her before, led her to Collinsport. So, she can also see ghosts. Um, we cut to a construction site and a crew has hit something while digging its Barnabas's coffin. Uh-oh. For some reason, they're like, let's open it. Okay. <laughs> I found a chained nope. up coffin. <laughs> Obviously, it's a chained up coffin. What should we do? I'm going to wait for light. To be well, fair, they haven't seen the mummy. Oh. So it wasn't on. So they don't know that if you find a chained up coffin, you leave. 100% of the time, when you find a coffin that's buried, there's a dead body in there. At the very least. And Not 100% of the time. Really? There have been coffins that have been opened that have had no bodies in them. There are body snatchers. This is a known thing. <laughs> doctors used Sometimes to they dig. Have an invasion. Doctors used to dig up bodies so that they could steal the bodies and then use them for medical research because they weren't allowed to cut okay. open. Okay. Um, like so, there are coffins with no bodies in them. So this coffin with chains on. And <laughs> the reason there you there aren't a lot of Egyptian mummies is because the English stole them and ground them up and ate them because they and thought it was painting too yeah like are you done there are plenty of coffins without bodies so it's not 100 percent of the time however if 100 percent of the time if something is chained shut you should open it in the daytime <laughs> well or it. call somebody else why are these construction workers just opening well this the coffin? one guy is like all excited as if it's going to be full of treasure because there's definitely people that would open it <laughs> Yeah, one of, them sitting at this one, <laughs> one of them is sitting at this table because I'm fairly certain Tony would not be able to resist. I would the shit out of him. I know he would. I'd like, be dead as fuck. I would like, be in the truck. I would be in the truck. Me and Carly would be in the truck. I would be like, y'all are opening that? John would be, and let's go to John lunch. We're leaving. And when the mummy to the truck, but still looking. And when the mummy comes out, I might leave your ass. A mummy? <laughs> well, when whatever flies <laughs> out, because as soon I mean, as they come out, I'm not I'm not staying for aliens. We already learned. Yeah, it. it's true. If aliens come, she's peace out. Peace yeah. and hair grease out the door. Out the door, dinosaur. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Well, down the road, horny toad. It's Barnabas's coffin. Obviously, <laughs> he eats all of them. Yep. He's very thirsty. He's sorry, but it's been a very long time since he had a drink. He makes his way to Collinsport and is baffled by the McDonald's. Mustafa's. <laughs> the headlights on a car. The Pave Road, which is an homage to Hocus Pocus. Yep. Which would be funny, like, if you, like, got locked up a coffin for a couple hundred years, you came out, this shit would freak you out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, a specter approaches. Have at me, Lucifer. The car goes around him. <laughs> Calls him an asshole. He wanders through town, hiding from people who don't give a shit about him. No. He marvels at the lights and phone booths. Um, then he goes to Collins Wood. He arrives at the gate and is like, what has happened here? My poor, poor, beautiful mansion. <laughs> he comes across drunk Willie outside in the pumpkin patch. And he reads his thoughts and asks about the Collins family. He finds out that it is October of 1972. Halloween movie. And he says, 
hear me, future dweller. You shall be my loyal servant until such a time as I release you. You will cleanse me and take me to these living Collinses. And Willie's like, all right. It's <laughs> like, all right, Mirrors. As long as I get back to see the Flinch Ropics play. <laughs> Sorry, so, that's how I see him. When they go inside, Barnabas is still in awe of the beauty and splendor of this house that he watched be built for 15 years. Because it still looks pretty much the same. It's just yeah, dustier. <laughs> dustier? Carolyn and David are, are in the big entry room, which I just called the living room, but it's like this big room. It's a vestibule. <laughs> it's not a room you hang out in. No. <laughs> it's the vestibule. And I said also, they're very nonplussed about this dude giving a tour of their house at night. Mm-hmm. Just walking they're around just like talking. Well, in there. What's her name is coded basically as being high as fuck, like on whatever all the, time. All yeah. the whole movie. So, But the kid's just sitting there playing with the ro- robot or something. Yeah, but his. Spectral mom probably said, told him, he's probably got inside That's information. True. Probably. <laughs> I mean, the Josette ghost knew he was coming, so his mom ghost probably did too. <laughs> she does find him later. Yeah. So Carolyn's like, is this dude stoned? And he's like, they tried that. It didn't work. They tried to stone me once. It did not work. David's like, Carolyn, look at the. That that dude looks like the dude in the painting. There's and a life-size like, oh, painting yes. above him. It's worth every minute that I posed for it. And uh, then uh, he introduces himself as Barnabas Collins, a distant relation. Elizabeth interrupts and is like, uh, who, who the hell Get are you? Get away from my kids. Get away from my <laughs> <Yeah>. kids. <laughs> she takes him into the library and is like, um, if this is a joke, it won't work. It's not going to get you anywhere. We don't have any money. It's like about uh, that. <laughs> and don't ever go near those children again. And he's like, your devotion to family is admirable. And he's like, I'm sure you know about the family curse. And she's like, uh, yes, witches, ghosts, vampires, all myths. And you're here to rid them for, for us. Uh, just like those before you for a price. And he's like, nope, I'm not. I'm here to help. And I'm not going to charge you any money. In fact, I will give you money. And he's like, he says he knows this mansion as well as he knows his own body. Every nook, every cranny, every secret. He opens a secret door, but she's already found that one, and it has her macrame inside. Well, that's a good place to keep that. Well, he doesn't think so. It's like criminal underuse of this space. (laughs) (laughs) So she's like, okay, so you found a secret room in an old house. That's pretty common. All old houses have secret rooms. And then really? she's like, I'm going to need more. I don't think your house is old enough, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't mean you can't put some secret. That's what I was thinking. And he asks her what she knows of Barnabas Collins. And she tells him that he was great and strong, but he believed in the curse and talked much of a witch turning him into a vampire. She knows nothing of his death. And he says that's because he didn't die. He is Barnabas Collins, and he regrettably is a vampire. As he says that, he opens the fireplace secret door. Which that there is not. a fire in that fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> That's some next level secret shit. <laughs> and there's like a spot in the floor he puts his cane in and he has to turn it in yep. like a code. It's cool shit. And uh, then. He's like, ha ha. <laughs> he's like, I am a vampire, yes, but I am also, first and foremost, a Collins. And I will not harm anyone under this roof. And then he invites her to go down the secret stairs. 
And she's like, oh. It's like, I'm a vampire. Come follow me down this hall. <laughs> but she Stuck. does follow him down. And he talks about his father's partiality for secret passages and rooms. I get that. I have the same passion. I mean. Most people do. They're cool. <laughs> if I won those billions, there'd be clues. So he learned all of them. In a conversation them. pit. <laughs> in a conversation pit for a little he so she doesn't want people to come and talk to her. She's in it, though. Of the house. <laughs> well, she can set up <laughs> And then this room that he's taken to her, her to is his favorite. Because it's got all the jewels in it. He's like, my father always talked about how family was the only real wealth. But clearly he was okay with other kinds, too. And he opens this door, and this room is just full of treasure. <laughs> she's like, ooh. <laughs> and she's like, we've been living above this <laughs> all this time. And then she's like, I'm going to let you stay here, but we're not going to tell anybody that you're a vampire or about all this treasure that I have found. Mm-hmm. How does she explain that to her brother, first of all? Second of all, I kind of remembered them all knowing he was a vampire the whole time. No, they and didn't. I'm disappointed that it wasn't... Mm-hmm. Like, why did we try to keep the... Obviously from the psychiatrist, sure, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I feel like telling the kids and the brother that he's the real Barnabas should not have been... Yeah, I wish they had just done it. I can see I mean, the girl has her own problems, and the boy talks to ghosts. I mean, it's a bit big a leap. (laughs) Yeah, right? But the mom, Elizabeth, doesn't know that the girl is a werewolf somehow. And she doesn't believe in the ghosts. Although, once I meet my vampire ancestor, perhaps I will then believe (laughs) in ghosts. Perhaps I'm like, so is that ghost thing real? Can you, do you know? Because there is probably (laughs) actually a curse, because this dude's a vampire. Yeah just be real here and i figured she explained the money as it being his he arrived mm. yes from england and to help restore the family yeah. empire so he came with money and if it's and if it's quote unquote his money they'd probably be less and less likely to ask yeah. her for it mm-hmm. so they strike this deal she stays or he stays but all of the what they discussed and saw is a secret so he does tell a story of his awakening over the dining room table. I don't know if it's breakfast or not, but a yellow dragon with iron teeth. A giant letter M with the brightness of a thousand lanterns. He doesn't want to touch the silverware. And uh, Elizabeth struggles a bit to make him seem less strange. Things are different here in England. <laughs> or here than in England. And he, uh, he must be tired silver. from his long trip. And when he points out that they are not using the prized family silver, Roger's like, it's an exact replica. How would you know? <laughs> He's like, because if it were silver, I, my hand would burst into flames. And she's like, oh, because of your allergy to silver. Well, that's great. <laughs> she's just trying to make him seem yeah. normal. But you're right. If she had just told them he's a vampire, then it would have made sense yeah. the whole time. Um. So he learns that the fishing business is all dried up for the Collinses in Collinsport. Angie's company, Angel Bay, has taken over, and just about every port on the East Coast is Angel Bay. Barnabas decides that he will start at the port in his quest to restore the family business empire. Victoria walks in, and he is shaken. She looks like Josette. So they plan to go into town in their Chevy, because riding the horses is, is not a thing. (laughs) <laughs> but that'd then, be real wealth they rode horses <laughs> we cut down to town and we see Angie being greeted by everybody she drives past as she goes toward her job 
She is very well liked. She has a successful business and her employees tell her about the incident that happened last night. 11 workers were found dead in the woods it must with be the their season throats of the witch. ripped out. And she's like, well, accidents happen. And they're like, this was not an accident. She immediately is like, where was that? And she goes to the site. She knows Barnabas is back. She says shit. She actually says <laughs> shit. She goes to the Collins' house, though. And she's not afraid. She's like, I'm confronting this bastard. She stalks past Willie. He is, she's here to speak with Barnabas. And they're like, who? She's like, don't act like you don't know. Yeah, she just goes right in their fucking house. What the ever, bitch? Well, she's, crazy bitch. She's a 200 plus year old crazy lady. Yeah. <laughs> she does what she wants. <laughs> she's a rich 200 year old, like, legit witch. Yeah. Knows probably not a word she hears a lot. No. So, this is like, uh, oh no, please don't. <laughs> he does come down because she banged on the door a lot and it woke him up. And uh, he doesn't recognize her at first. But when they go to shake hands, he's like, oh shit, I know who you are. And so he's like, we're going to go to the drawing room and have a chat. And she's like, how dare you come into my manor, defile it with your presence. She kisses him and reminds him of the fun they used to have in this room 200 years ago. He's pissed, more so when he learns that she is Angie from Angel Bay. She, the whore of Beelzebub, the succubus of Satan, the harlot of the devil. He goes to attack her, and she causes the curtains to open. He has to cower from the sun, and she's like, uh, the people in this town worship me, and you're just a stranger who's afraid of the sun. And then she leaves. <laughs> Barnabas and Elizabeth discuss Angie and her witchcraft. Elizabeth doesn't think Angie hates him because he's like she hates me so much she turned me into a vampire and killed all of my she's family. She's like, nah, she just kill you. <laughs> yeah, she hates you, she'd kill you. She's also not surprised to learn that Angie is a witch. Yeah, well, somebody who doesn't believe. And no one does she turn think, that over quick. Maybe David's mom really is a ghost. <laughs> nah. Huh. There's a vampire. There's a witch. Ghosts? Nah. That's crazy talk. <laughs> Can't be having those. <laughs> Elizabeth helps him realize how much of a fighter he is and that he has a chance to fight again. And then we get a montage of some home and lifestyle improvements for the Collinses. They go to the factory. It's in real bad shape. Barnabas can't sleep. He tries many places. Eventually getting a coffin. My favorite was when he was sleeping in the, like the... Dr- the linen the, closet? Yeah. <laughs> the linen closet and the maids putting away linen. And he's just <laughs> hanging out. It kind of reminds me when my grandpa came to see us the last time before he passed away. He couldn't sleep either. One time we found him in the front porch swing, just asleep. <laughs> but he tried Never the couch, he tried his car, he tried, like, he tried a bunch of places. He couldn't sleep. But I liked when he went in the box and the peanuts were all around him. I don't know why, I just thought it was funny. But eventually they get him a coffin. Um, let's see. He's confused by the sorcery of the TV. He spends time with Victoria. The cannery is renovated and ready Rips to the work. back off the TV. <laughs> Angelique has been observing from her side of the docks and is aware that the family is trying to take back the fishing industry in Collinswood. I like how they have the trope of the vampire out in the sun with the sunglasses yeah. and the umbrella. And the makeup. <laughs> the gloves. Your mascara is running. <laughs> I always enjoy that trope. And he's just it's like so in the background. 
like this dark presence yeah. in the yeah. corner <laughs> while the family's doing stuff. He's just there. <laughs> you know what? We should watch Blade tonight. Okay. It's Halloween season. It is. Then the mummy. There's a really cool nail polish inspired by Blade. Except what? for um, is it called Daywalker? In, in, no, it's called Blade. On the thirtieth, we are watching. He must, a have, been, a, movie. He must have been real it's, evil for yep. this color. The, movie, the Devil's Night movie. <laughs> it's a blood red though, and I don't like reds. Yeah, the Devil's Night movie. Crow. Yes. Oh. I don't want to watch that either. The Crow. Yeah, it's creepy though. You should watch Fall of the House of Usher. It's not scary. No. Uh, I watched about. 10, Why would you do that? Twenty minutes of She's that not show. Watch it. And I said, Tony, what the hell is this show? <laughs> you should watch Fall House Usher. No, you shouldn't. No, but no. I did watch the first three episodes of Good Omens and did not enjoy. Oh. Yeah, it falls apart after a while. <laughs> I just didn't care. All right. But you know what always holds up? Harley Davidson and Marvel Man. Like, Even in Fright Night. I don't dislike David. No, he was great in that. I don't <laughs> dislike him, but I don't think, like, people love him, and I think that's part of the draw of that show. But I don't, I just don't think I love him. He's You're just. not a Doctor Who fan? No. Not a big David Duchovny guy? Why don't you love We've him? We've been watching David the Duchovny? X-Files. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't love David Duchovny? Well, Baby Got Bacula, mm-hmm. that's who. <coughs> Scott Bakula doesn't like David Duchovny? I don't know. I'm just throwing shit out there now. Are you trying to start some internet rumor? Trying to start some beef. Yeah. (laughs) Bakula versus Duchovny. Between these two, what, 60-something-year-old men? I mean, I've seen a shit. (laughs) seen a robber like that since Biggie and Tupac. (laughs) All right, well, Willie takes Barnabas to see Captain Clarney the most influential boat captain in the area. He is not interested in working for O'Collins. He's loyal to Angel Bay. He's also the late, great Christopher Lee. Yes. He is the late, great Christopher Lee. Barnabas compels him to believe he is weary of working for Angel Star Bay and does not want to sell I know. another fish. That is not the greatest role of Christopher Lee, though. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> no? May have played Dracula. And then he has him introduce him to else. other boat captains. He may have been... A spy and murderer in real life during the war. He's pretty cool. True. No, no, he was. I think they confirmed that. He was also in quite a few Tim Burton movies. Yeah, five in movie. projects. <laughs> he well, he'd been in five movies with Johnny Depp and Tim Burton. And he was in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not the new one. Not that shit that they just put out on Prime. I the good ones. Okay. So one night, Barnabas talks to Dr. Hoffman, who tells him that what a psychiatrist is, because he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And he's always been surprised by this lady doctor in the house, so she hypnotizes him and learns the truth that he's yeah, a vampire. Yeah, she's a good doctor, so she hypnotizes someone without their consent. <laughs> well, she does say, can I hypnotize you? And can he doesn't you, think it's possible. He says, can you hypnotize <laughs> a vampire is a question. Tony, you Apparently know. so. Apparently, in this you can. In this you mm-hmm. can. He doesn't think it's possible because he is a hypnotist himself. He just doesn't use the... No, he uses the... Mm. <laughs> but anyway, she goes and confronts Elizabeth and is like, what the fuck, dude? You're letting a vampire live in this house? He killed the construction workers. He is a murderer. And, uh, and Elizabeth is like, I'm surprised that you're upset about this. I thought you would find him fascinating. You're a doctor. Is he a murderer? He's not a person. <laughs> so it'd be People like, if die. you kill a cow, are you a murderer? According to PETA. I didn't ask them. <laughs> <laughs> to like, the cows. But people did die. 
Oh, sorry. So if a cow, if, if your food is killed by you, are you a murderer? Well, murderer is a person killing a person. Right? It's not a, vamp- a person. But can't murder is a, dog, a vampire still a person? Right? He was a person. When do you stop becoming a person? When you suck blood for food. When you don't breathe or eat or poop. Yes. Or he, produce other... He no people. longer defecates. That's a big thing. We don't know. Do yeah. vampires poop? I don't know. Oh. Do they pee? They're they taking do. in you liquids. Have to, you have to eat, uh, breathe, breathe, and poop or something, right? To be alive? What is it? I don't know. I forget. Either way, <laughs> vampires are not alive. any of those. Yeah, like but he, he could... He might be... He might pee. That is still getting rid of a waste He was buried product. for 200 years and didn't die. <laughs> He's not He's just a person. long-lived. <laughs> you got, sea turtles uh, can live for hundreds of years. But they still have to eat. Yes. They can't take a nap for 200 years. We don't know that. We do. 100% we do. They'll die. Locusts go to sleep for 10 years. You know what? Your brain has gone to sleep. For... Whoa. <laughs> Wait. Shut up. There it is. You shut up. Shut up. I'm doing really good on bingo today. Wow. You also, Vampire Talk Speaking was a gimme. What? So, Vampire Talk was on there, and we're doing, um, this is just a free space today. Can you give me my bag of chocolate? No. It's on the dresser. No. Right underneath that candle that says no. love. No. <laughs> I'll get it for you. <laughs> Does anybody need chocolate? Uh, no. Not maple chocolate. No offense. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Could you not um, steal my shit, dude? It's slightly melty in there. Be careful. Barnabas goes and talks to Carolyn, <laughs> the 15-year-old, about mm-hmm. how to woo a woman in this time. Oh, please. John <laughs> says Boca Shooka. <laughs> <laughs> she reminds him. There's no Boca Shooka in this. That's a disappointing. That, yeah, you think 70s, you would see Rogers, Roger doing something. No, no because this is the 70s. They smoke a lot of weed. This is, if this took place in the 80s, all about cocaine. Cocaine, cocaine hadn't I, got there yet. I think it was still around in the 70s. It was, it was on the West Coast with Johnny Depp <laughs> and Pee Wee Herman. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Anyways, um, she's like, hey, I think Victoria is kind of a carpenter's chick. He's like, interested in woodworking? <laughs> she's like, no, the music. music. He's like, oh, music. And she's like, dude, just be more normal and hang out with regular people. <laughs> You're a weirdo. He is a weirdo <laughs> and he's creepy. He goes to hang out with some hippies. And they talk about the war <laughs> and how it will end in peace and there'll be no more wars. That's they also he's talk like, about love. Yeah, peace always wins. Peace always wins. And he's oh, like, this that's reminds heavy. me of a quote that love means never having to say you're sorry. I regret that I'm going to have to kill you now. <laughs> and he does. He just eats them all. <laughs> are you okay? The goddamn hippies are. That's for damn sure. I was really hoping that fucking Leonardo DiCaprio came out. Well, the hippies are. That's for shit sure. The goddamn fucking hippies. <sighs> Welcome back to the podcast, Gruesome Deaths of Hippies. Mm. Yes. Doctor. These ones deserved it a lot less than the last time. Yeah, well, they weren't yeah. really doing anything. They were just stupid. <laughs> they were just annoying. The last group of hippies really needed to go. <laughs> Dr. Hoffman begins trying to use transfusions to cleanse Barnabas's blood and turn him back into a human, which apparently they did in the show. <laughs> Made him a human? Yes. And then killed him. She also 
doesn't understand why he would want to give up being a vampire. And then the show fell apart, uh, was canceled three months later. (laughs) She's like, why would you want to give up immortality and staying young forever? Like, well, who wants to live forever? If I could stay beautiful must forever, die. Then of course I would want to do it. And then he says, she says something about, like, I've lost half my beauty every year. And he's like, well, then you must have started as the most beautiful person in the world. Oh. And she asks him if he knows what patient-client confidentiality is. He does not. And then she gives him a blowjob down on her knees and surprises him. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I took it as. <laughs> So, doctor-patient confidentiality is just a euphemism for head. Mm. Gross. Relations between doctors and patients. Mm. Victoria joins. I thought she was going to say, keep this a secret. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. That's not what happens. Victoria joins Barnabas on a walk, and they talk about David and how he is fine. He's a fine but unique boy. Victoria's like, look... There's lots of things in the world that I don't understand. If it makes him happy to think he talks to his mom, then whatever. He can talk to his mom. (laughs) His mom's dead and his dad's worthless. Yeah. Let him have fun. His dad is zero cool. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Barnabas meets with Angelique, who offers him $1.75 million in 1972. Yeah. To sell... Collins cannery or business or whatever to her and he's like uh no go to hell quickly so that Asmodeus himself may suckle from your diseased teat (laughs) she's like look we're both monsters two big fish in an itty bitty pond and we can either fight until we kill each other or we can make little fish together and she wants his love all of this is because she's convinced that somewhere deep down he loves her and if he doesn't make a deal with her, she will take everything from him again, starting with Victoria. And he's like, well, I guess I will have to defile you then. And then they roll around, destroy everything in her office. They have sex. Yes. Somehow. <laughs> to save his girlfriend, he fucks a witch. Dirty job, but yeah. Is this it. cheating? Yes. No. They're not well, a couple. They're not a couple, yeah. They're I guess. not a couple. Yeah, that's true. You can't I thought... cheat on someone if you're not with them. But he if you really them. love someone, then can you go around fucking witches? I mean, can you? Yes. You've <laughs> been there. Should you? <laughs> I mean, we've all been there. <laughs> he's actively trying to date Victoria. He's doing it badly. Look, but he's actively trying to date her. I don't think it's okay for him to be fucking witches. He's trying to stake her. I don't think it's so maybe okay she'll to die. blowjobs from Dr. Hoffman either, but... <laughs> I don't think he knew that's what was going to happen. <laughs> he didn't stop it. That we saw. Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> Apparently they destroyed more than one hotel room in the making of So what you're scene. saying is you would do anything for love, but you won't do that. But you won't do that. <laughs> I'm not fucking a his, wish. His line is just in a different place from yours. <laughs> <laughs> mm. You wouldn't fuck a witch for love. No. Look, I read. Just making sure. I want to know what the line is. Not unless you're a witch. <laughs> He's a warlock. Right. <laughs> I'm also a pinball wizard. Very nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Elk John for you. Afterward, he's like, look. Holiday? Oh, don't worry about it. Oh. It made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the only thing that's highlighted. Oh. 
just happened to catch up in my corner of my eye. I'm like, why is that highlighted? Also, it's way darker than it should it be. Is, but yeah. that's okay. Um, afterward, he's like, look, I somehow, or I don't know why, but I have some weakness for you. But I cannot succumb to your charms ever again. And she's like, if I can't have you, I will destroy you. And then he leaves. He's like, bitch, I've heard it before. In another blood cleansing session, Barnabas watches Scooby-Doo. Welcome back to the podcast, Scooby-Doo. I'd rather not talk about that. And he says, this is a very silly play. <laughs> and it made me, that's what's highlighted. It made me laugh so hard. Well, it is. <laughs> Victoria has a nightmare about being sent to a sanitarium when she was a little girl. And when she wakes, the ghost of Josette asks her to help her. She follows the ghost out into the main vestibule room and watches as the ghost asks her help again before falling backward off the chandelier and disappearing through the floor. This I don't get. So obviously, Josette's ghost is reliving her death. Mm -hmm. Get this. But whenever we see Josette's ghost, she's helping her reincarnated whatever. Or what I assume is her reincarnated spirit or whatever. She's helping her younger self, I guess. But this this does not help. This is not a warning about the witch or about how she died. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Do you think that the ghost wants what happens at the end to happen and it's kind of showing her to do that? (laughs) No. No? Because when she opens her eyes on those rocks, she says, call me Josette. (laughs) <laughs> yes, which is creepy, but... Well, she's dead, so she can be a new person now. Uh-huh. I don't know. Well, Vic- But Victoria's a made-up name anyways, and she certainly doesn't want to be made. All Maggie. names are made up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, but maybe when... Maybe when Victoria dies, they become one. <laughs> names are not made up! Names, names are made up. <laughs> How are names not made up? But they're not made up. They it's not like they're up. fake what words. Is, what is an Elaine? But a uh, me. But they're not. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not like fake. They're real words. They're not made up. They're names. All like, words are fake until they start being like used. the impossible. Right. That that's word, a word is made up. It's, all words are made up. Somebody had to say Elaine for the first time, and they're like, "What the but fuck that, is an Elaine? That's an Elaine right there." They're not made up. They're one hundred percent made up. They're created. They're not made up. It's not the same though. <laughs> That's a synonym. But it's not. It. But it's not exactly the same. It's the same. No. It's it's different, but it's the same. No. It's the same. No. Tony, help. Nope. <laughs> it's like I'm out, dude. <laughs> She's like, no words. Are, no words are things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they're nouns. Excuse me while I, I go get some more stuff in my... That's how nouns work. <laughs> a person, place, or a thing. You're a thing. Ooh. You are a thing. Everything is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Except for thing, who's a thing thing. He's a you hand. The thing. He's a thing. Yeah. Or the thing? We don't even know what the thing is. He's a big rock man. Let's see where it's from. Right. That is Thing's His name's Thing. Wow. Okay. So Barnabas tells the family and, they and need and to and host and a ball for the town to re-exert themselves as a family of power. That's what you do. You throw a ball. No. You have a happening. <laughs> and that's what she said. You just want to argue with everything, don't you, today? 
Elaine's well, very argumentative Carolyn about anything says anybody says. I'm talking about anymore. the movie. They throw happenings. And he's like, well, what is a happening? Or what do you need to throw a happening? And she says, a mirror ball. He says, whatever that is, we'll get one. She says, booze. Lots of booze. And he's like, we'll have enough spirits to fill the hull of a ship. And she says, an Alice Cooper. And he says, I knew an Alice Cooper once. Does she live here now? <laughs> Whoever she is, she'll come. <laughs> I didn't. I don't. Look, here's more technical definitions. I thought a happening was more low key. I thought a happening was too. when plants killed all the humans. <laughs> I didn't see that movie. <sighs> did I didn't it? either. It's no. terrible. But if somebody invited was there a vine you, involved? No. Because it's just pretty much trees. once a once every two weeks when I get dressed and I'm putting on my underpants, I think about the movie. <laughs> The ruins. The ruins. Yup. Oh wow. Because of how mad I was at that person put their shirt on. It It just randomly pops in my head when I'm putting on underpants. Thanks, Tony. You brought so much. I I add. Enriched our lives in strange ways. Uh, (laughs) You're a real giver, man. That's what I do. But if someone invited you. I'm not saying that this would ever happen because it's such a weird, bizarre thing. If you were invited to a ball, a party, and a happening, <laughs> which one would you think would be like what we see here? The ball. I mean, they're not. It's not a ball. Nobody. I always. I always think of balls as you wear, uh, like ball gowns, like a masquerade ball, like you wear masks and dress up crazy. Well, a masquerade ball That's is a type of ball. Specific kind of ball. <laughs> a ball is just a big dance party. So masquerade. Usually with dinner at some point. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Okay. A masquerade. I didn't know a masquerade like, ball and like, a ball were two different things. I just so it was yes. just a, There's also the police. It's like, it's like. It's like a like Halloween the, party. What's it's a party. like a military yes. ball. That it's like a party and a costume party. All costume parties are all are still parties, but not all parties are costume parties. Right. All ba- all masquerade balls are balls, but all not all balls are masquerade balls. Mm-hmm. Like they should be a thing. Like you're going to a party, you gotta dress up. I so. always go as somebody who wants to be there. Mm. <laughs> Dang. Anyways, I always go. This as... is more like a ball. Didn't she come to some of our parties? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so she was dressed up as someone who wants to be there. <laughs> I dressed up as someone from this podcast. Oh. <laughs> So we cut to the party, the ball, mm-hmm. and it impresses. Carolyn's impressed. She's like, I can't believe you pulled this off, except for Alice Cooper. And he's like, I think you should turn your attention to the entertainment for this evening. And it is Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. <laughs> and a lot of makeup to make him look younger. Well, um, well he wasn't exactly a spry chicken when this movie was made. But they didn't use any CGI. It's all practical effects to make him look younger. Also a big golfer. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. yeah. A lot of um, Tony Alex, saw Alice Cooper in yep. person one time. He walked between me and Vic one time. Mm-hmm. Didn't give a fuck, which he shouldn't. He's Alice shouldn't. Cooper. Because <laughs> he's Alice Cooper, and you were not exactly. <laughs> but apparently, uh, golf golf becomes a big thing for alcoholics. Alcoholics need something to do while they drink. To do. No, they stop drinking. Stop them from drinking. So they get obsessed with golf. Strangely, it's golf, which is what we think of as a sport where you drink. (laughs) Right. Golf is known as a sport where you're encouraged to drink. But they don't. They don't drink. But like when you play golf, you're like, it's 8 o'clock in the morning. We're playing golf. I don't need to drink while I play golf. I do. I've never played golf while I drink. I often get a drink after. You will get to try this Sunday. Um, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I disagree, madam. 
<laughs> I very often get a drink in the clubhouse after we golf, but not before. <laughs> I think we should be drinking during golf. We have to okay. do at least three shots per hole. That's a bit much. More. I will die. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm just kidding. Around do I get to pick the liquid out. I'm doing shots of? Because I pick Gatorade. <laughs> With vodka? Nope. Oh. Just Gatorade. Just Gatorade. Well, Barnabas thinks that Alice Cooper is the ugliest woman he has ever seen. But, whatever. It's what Carolyn told him of happening required. So, and he's putting on a good show. While walking around the house, Barnabas sees David blocking a door where the coat check lady should be. And he's like, hey, where's the coat check lady? And he's like, is he, he t- she's in there with my dad. They told me not to let anybody in. And he's like, how about you go watch that Cooper lady? (laughs) (laughs) And David doesn't want to go, so he hypnotizes him. Mm -hmm. Which was unnecessary. Because how does he watch, how does he snoop on them? From the outside. Not from the inside. (laughs) Also, I feel like he didn't hypnotize Elizabeth because he had some kind, something like morally against hurting the family, but that he's okay with hypnotizing a child. It just doesn't. Well, I think it he felt a recognizes brand. that daddy is doing something he shouldn't be doing Maybe. and you don't need to be protecting him. It, Go enjoy the party, David. <laughs> it, it felt a little off brand for him to hypnotize David. But, uh. He does do so, and he investigates outside by crawling on the windows, and he sees Roger stealing from the guest coats, having sex with the coat girl. He also hears him say, because the coat girl's like, who was that little boy? And he says, I don't know, never seen him before. Yeah, that's the really despicable thing. Yeah. Also, the stealing from the guests is pretty fucked up. Yeah. But who gives a shit that he's fucking the coat girl? (laughs) So Barnabas finds Victoria on a balcony and they talk about how they seem to have been drawn to one another and have fallen for one another. She's still hesitant because people she loves have not always loved her back and she tells them about her childhood when she was sent to the sanitarium because she saw ghosts. She escaped and came here. So she was in that place for a long time. (laughs) She seems too well adjusted to have just recently escaped a sanitarium where she um, underwent... Various shock therapy, serious, yeah, serious therapy. So he tells her that what her parents did was unforgivable, and they deserve for their blood to boil. And then I really thought he was going to go kill her parents. (laughs) I really thought the next time we heard anything, her parents were going to be dead. I didn't do anything. Show Tony what you just did. I don't want to. Show Tony what you just did. I didn't see it. (laughs) Stop it. Angelique shows up at the party. Yes. She looks Protecting for Barnabas. Daddy. He's being a creeper. She walks in a room and sees outside that he is kissing Victoria, and her face cracks a little bit. <laughs> this I thought was a disappointment. This is very Death Becomes Her. I know. Oh, I was boy. really hoping that underneath the cracked skin would be like a decrepit old hat. Yeah. And I'm so pissed <laughs> that there cool. wasn't. That it was just a cracked shell. Yeah. That was it. Like under the shell there was a 200 year old woman. <laughs> I mean there was but not in that. <laughs> I wanna, I wanted a desiccated old hag. Um, that would have been cooler. I can see that. It would have been cooler. Tim Burton, come on, you let me down. <laughs> Get your shit together, mate. The next day, Barnabas goes to talk to Dr. Hoffman. They must double their efforts. He now has extra reason to long to be human because he and Victoria could be together. And he finds her hooked up to some blood. And he's like, oh, shit. 
you're not trying to cleanse my blood. You're stealing my blood so that you can turn yourself into a vampire. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> so he murders her. Yeah. yeah. He's her. He's like, you used me and you lied to me. And you're turning yourself into something that I would never consent to you becoming. And she's like, I just don't want to grow old. He's like, it's way more than that. <laughs> and she's like, please forgive me as a good gentleman that you are. And he's like, I am neither good nor gentle. And I never forgive. And he kills her. <laughs> it's a good line. Yeah. So uh, he and, w- and Willie get her wrapped up, tied to a cinder block, and dump her body in the water. <laughs> Go out on a little boat. <laughs> Next, we see Roger trying to find the secret way to where he saw Barnabas emerge with some money. Barnabas startles him and then lifts him up by his neck and is like, I'm going to give you a choice. You can either spend the rest of your life working to be the father that David deserves, or you can leave with sufficient money to spend the rest of your thieving, despicable life somewhere else. And he chooses to leave. Because he's a douchebag. Yep. It's a douche canoe. When his cab pulls away, David runs back into the house crying. He kicks the leg of a ladder where Willie is disconnecting the mirror ball, and it falls. It would have landed on David's head, but Barnabas moves him out of the way and ends up in the light from a window. Everyone stares at him because he should not have been able to move fast enough to save David. He's also on fire. He's also now on fire. <laughs> That might be the only time I actually laughed in this whole movie. <laughs> um, Willie throws some water on him. David and Victoria both run from him now. Uh, Barnabas goes to Angelique to demand to be released from the curse. She gives him some blood. He talks about how he killed Dr. Hoffman and the workers and those nice, unshaven young people in the woods. He offer, She offers to rule this town with him as partners and lovers. And he tells her she may strategically place her wonderful lips upon his posterior and kiss it repeatedly. As he leaves her office, there's a coffin outside of the door. She uses magic to get him inside and chained up. She and some men get him in a van. And as they are leaving, she casts a spell to burn the Collins cannery down. Willie is asleep in the car and wakes up to the explosion. Elizabeth can also see the burning from the house. And uh, Angelique puts the coffin in a crypt and tells him that she's going to destroy everything he loves again. And he can take some more time to think about them. And she'll see him in a couple more centuries. Barnabas talks to himself. Maybe we'll get out of this and it'll only be a couple decades this time. It's okay. We will go on. We will endure. He hears someone. He's like, hey, hey, whoever is there, I promise I won't hurt you. How long has it been? And it's David, and he's like, it's been 20 minutes. <laughs> his what mom told him where to go. <laughs> Which makes me think his mom would have already told him that he was a vampire, so David would not have run from Barnabas after he saved him from the mirror ball. Perhaps. <laughs> Back in town, Angelique approaches the sheriff, who is very busy trying to uh, put out the fire. And she's like, too busy to uh, learn about a murderer in town? And then she has recorded the earlier conversation where he admits to killing all those people, and she plays it, and she puts his little loudspeaker thing on it so that everybody in town can hear him admit to killing uh, some 20 people or so. (laughs) Um, Sends the crowd into a frenzy, and uh, she sees Willie, and she's like, there's one of them. They've been harboring a murderer. Now, there's no... Like, yes, he's clearly a murderer. Yes, he's clearly killed all those people. But there is no proof at any time that any of the other ones knew. Yeah. 
That's true. But it is a soap opera, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, very true. All right. So, uh, so sorry. Willie gets in the car and runs. When he gets home, the family's like, what's going on? And he's like, angry mob. Sheriff, they're coming. Run. The sheriff arrives and tells Elizabeth he's going to have to arrest her. And he's going to have to bring the whole family in. Barnabas comes out and he's like, I will go willingly as long as no harm befalls my family. And Angelique goes with me, for she is as much a monster as I. He grabs her by the neck and won't let go. He's going to show everyone what they both are. The sheriff shoots him. He doesn't even flinch. He bites Angelique in the neck. And she throws him off through the front door of the house, which is closed. <laughs> Was closed. He goes through it. Her face is cracking again, and her head is at a weird angle. And the townspeople are like, what has he done to her? And Elizabeth is like, it's not what he did to her. It's what she did to him. She's a witch. And she doesn't even try to hide it or anything. She just goes up to the house, sweeps Willie out of the way with a flick of her hand, and goes inside. The sheriff commands the town to go home. Or the crowd to go home. Angelique and Barnabas talk about how he should have just loved her. And he says he should have destroyed her. And she projectile vomit slime onto him with bugs in it. Yeah, what? (laughs) That seemed to come out of nowhere. Yeah. It's a weird, uh, that was a weird obscure power. (laughs) That luckily we only see it once because, ew. (laughs) First time he's like, you missed me. And then she gets him again. Yep. (laughs) Ugh. She, or he, throws her up through the ceiling and into Carolyn's room. She's mid-transition into a werewolf and yells at Angelique to get out. Angelique floats back down to the entry room, and Elizabeth tells her to get out of her house and shoots her multiple times. This does cause her to flee, but it doesn't kill her. (laughs) Um, Angelique's like, your house? All right. And she brings parts of the house to life to attack Elizabeth, like the The carvings and columns. columns. Yeah. Somebody carved. Barnabas steps in again and attacks Angelique. Her facade is crumbling, and she makes the house bleed, and now the house is crumbling. Angelique also sends the fire from the fireplace out into the house and has sculpted wooden columns grab Barnabas. Carolyn jumps down and tells Angelique to leave them alone. Elizabeth is shocked. What the fuck? Carolyn is a werewolf. Carolyn attacks, and Angelique easily fights her off. David watches. Because while she's a werewolf, she's a teenage werewolf. Yeah. (laughs) And this is a centuries-old witch. Yeah. Welcome back to the podcast, Teen Wolves. Yeah. We shouldn't play basketball. No. Or box. No. We don't talk about that. (laughs) But Angelique admits to having a werewolf bite Carolyn in her crib. Um, when she was a baby, she also admits to killing David's mom and Barnabas's parents. She'd been busy. David warns Angelique to leave them alone. And she's like, I think I'll kill you first, orphan. And she, he's like, I'm warning you. And she's like, what are you going to do? And he's like, not me, my mom. And then the ghost of his mother comes out and shrieks, knocking Angelique up into the chandelier. It then falls on the floor. And Angelique is weak enough now that Barnabas can get out of the hold from the columns. He tells the family to get out of the burning house, and they all run. David comes back to the doorway to watch as Barnabas goes to have one final word with Angelique. They talk about how there was a time when maybe he could have loved her. But she never really wanted his love. She wanted to possess him. 
she cannot love that is her curse and she pulls out her heart and tries to give it to him he does not take it and it turns into glass and breaks and she is dead and he goes to find victoria david's mom tells her tells david that she's at widow's hill when barnabas gets there victoria's like we can't be together this way I live in the light and you live in the shadows. And if for us to be together, we have to live in the same place. And he's like, there's, there's no way for that to happen. She's like, there is one way. And he's like, I would never do that to you. And so she falls off the cliff on purpose. Love you too much. That he was catches her, fights her. So it's like and when they reach the bottom, he picks her up, hugs her. She opens her eyes and she tells him that she is Josette. And now they will be together forever. His curse is broken underwater Doffman, Dr. Hoffman opens her eyes the end and that's supposed to be Sorry, an homage to the soap opera too because every time you think something ended it's there's another beginning, beginning. <laughs> <laughs> but there was never an intention to do any sequel for this mm. <laughs> Tim Burton does not do sequels Batman too mm. yeah. <laughs> alright What'd you think, John? Hey, I get to go first. <laughs> My favorite character is Barnabas. Wow. Shock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My least favorite character is Dr. What's Her Nuts. Hoffman? Yeah, because she was kind of pointless. <laughs> no, actually, the, the brother. What's his nuts? Roger? Yeah, Roger. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> fuck Roger. Roger Dodger. Zero cool, we'll call him. <laughs> um, My favorite line is... I was stoned once. It did not work. Because mm-hmm. that's the only line mm-hmm. that made me laugh. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, my favorite scene is the the sex romp. When they're destroying everything. Oh, I don't know. Okay. It's just funny. <laughs> sure. And my favorite tertiary object <laughs> is the hidden rooms. All right. Also shocking, I know. <laughs> and I, yeah, this movie wasn't great. I mean, it, if it's Halloween <coughs> and you gotta watch something, give it a maybe. All right. Interesting. <laughs> I'm gonna go get the dogs now. Okay. All right. Well, you let them out. Well, give you us your faults. Uh, my favorite character is Elizabeth. All right. My least favorite character is Angelique. <laughs> uh, my favorite scene is the sex fight. <laughs> Uh, my favorite line is, I've already prepared my counterproposal. It reads thusly, you may strategically place your wonderful lips upon my pest- posterior and kiss it repeatedly. Mm-hmm. I do like an old-timey um, translated insult. Yes. I do enjoy those. And uh, my favorite tertiary object is the broken heart that she pulls out of her chest. All right. Um this movie was very boring, and I didn't think it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's supposed to be funny, mm-hmm. but I didn't think it was funny. So then I just didn't care. All right. So I would not care to watch it again. Elaine gives it an A. All right. What about you, Tony Tones? Favorite character is Barnaby. Mm-hmm. Barnabas. Least favorite character is Vicky. My favorite line is when he... Gets to the road and he says, Curious terrain, what is this? And then he sees the headlights. He says, Some specter approaches. It is the eyes of the devil himself come to drag me to my demise. Have at me, Lucifer. My soul is prepared. And the guy says, Asshole. Um, my favorite scene is basically from when he's released from the coffin until he starts to stay at the house. It's, all that interaction with everybody is just funny to me. Um, 
My favorite Trisha object is the lava lamp. What is this? <laughs> um, this movie's okay. It's it's not great. I'll give it a light yay. <laughs> because mm -hmm. just for the Johnny Depp stuff. Well, just for Johnny Depp. The rest of the movie's kind of poop. Mm. Got a dog trash? I don't know about dog trash. No, it's lay poop. <laughs> That's not on my card. Mm -hmm. Not yet. Alright, well that was a different card. My favorite character is Barnabas. My By the way, Thor bingo. <laughs> is Roger. My favorite scene was when he meets Angelique again for the first time. And he, they go into the drawing room. And he calls her the whore of Beelzebub. Satan and all that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite tertiary object is his daytime look, especially the umbrella. <laughs> and my favorite line was the same as Elaine's. Mm, so... so I could I could go with uh, Scooby Doo is a very silly play because that made me laugh, and I enjoy this movie. As far as weird Halloween go movies go, this is one of my favorites. <laughs> so I would rather watch this than a lot of other ones. <laughs> so I'll give it a yay, and uh, follow us on the yeah. stuffs. So please find us on Facebook.com/slash The Underappreciated Movie Podcast. Can mm -hmm. email unmoviepodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. And tune in next week on the podcast for Elaine's just November pick. Yep. Happy okay. Thanksgiving. So <laughs> I decided to pick a movie about a dinner party. Okay. Which I thought was very Thanksgiving y. Mm -hmm. But really, this is a Halloween movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Be Halloween from now on. I'm, but it's not even in my genre, it's a mystery thriller. Uh, I went with Clue from 1985. So, uh, Clue. Bless you. You can't do something that's not in your genre. Yes, I can. Why not? <laughs> it's a comedy. It's a comedy. But it's it's a movie about a dinner party. The dogs did interrupt the podcast, so you can cross that off. Because you had to go let them in and out. Well, I was able to just cut. And you mentioned David Jim Poots. Mm, I sure did. He did. But I didn't talk about how tired I am from work. But I can real quick because I am <laughs> tired from work. Because it's October and they're All trying right, to kill me. talk. We're done. No. Let's see. What did I get my song up fast enough for us to do it? Because I can only find a live version. Oh, my God. No one told